This is PhotoBizX, episode number 424, and today we are talking how you can build a recurring photography income utilizing portrait memberships. Our special guest is Oname Tonkin, and that interview is coming up in just a minute. Are you planning to have a successful wedding and portrait photography business? Join Andrew as he interviews successful photographers and business experts to fast track your success. Welcome to the Photo Biz Exposed podcast with your host, Andrew Helmich. Hey, it's Andrew Helmich here from Impact Images, and welcome to this episode of the podcast. Today, like I said earlier, we are talking recurring photography income. Now, I've heard about this kind of strategy for newborn photographers or newborn and family photographers who set up membership plans with the parents of the kids to capture a series of portraits through sessions that are carried out over the first year of the baby's life. But I haven't heard about photographers doing this with portrait photography clients. So I'm sure you're going to get a ton from what Anamay has to share in this one coming up in just a minute. Now, if you didn't catch last week's episode, it was focused on creating a photography business that you can actually sell. It was part two of a two-part series on selling your photography business. Last week featured John Warillo, who is an expert on the matter of creating a business to sell. So if that is something that interests you, if you've ever thought about building your business so it is a saleable asset one day down the road, then make sure you get back and have a listen to that interview with John. It certainly has raised some questions inside the PhotoBizX membership. There's talk about photographers changing their business name, extracting themselves from their business, training other people to take on roles so that one day, they will have a business that they can actually sell. And of course, one of the biggest things you can do to increase the saleability of your business is to have a consistent and regular income coming in, which is why today's interview with Onamay is a perfect topic for today's episode. And we're going to get into that right now. You're listening to the number one photography business podcast with Andrew Helmich, photobizx.com. Oh, and just one thing, if you are hearing this announcement, it does mean you are listening to the free version of the podcast. Now, what that means is you won't be hearing the full interview today with Anime. I am saving a large portion of the second half for premium members only. So if you would love to hear the full interview today with Anime, if you're loving what she shares in the first half of this interview, head over to photobizx.com forward slash try, and you can sign up for a premium membership. It's a 30-day trial there for only $1. And with that $1 trial membership, you can get access to the full interview today with Anime. You can access the full back catalog, the complete interviews of the complete back catalog. You'll get an invite to the members Facebook group and you can see why the membership is as valuable as it is and why so many members, once they sign up, stick around for years. So photobizx.com forward slash try for more details on that trial membership. Welcome to another great time for business. It's time for Andrew's special guest. Today's guest is host of the podcast, This Can't Be That Hard, and owner of the photography business Mega Pixie Photography in North Carolina, USA. Her photography looks to be shot mostly in a documentary style, featuring movement, real moments, in addition to structured and directed images. And it's easy to see why parents would fall in love with her work. The podcast, like PhotoBizX, focuses on the business side of photography. But I first heard about 
this guest from PhotoBizX premium member and photographer Kandra Shank, who had been battling to become the business operator. She'd been told that she needs to be for success, which meant in-person sales sessions, which she readily admits she just wasn't good at and doesn't enjoy. So Kandra heard an episode of This Can't Be That Hard, and everything changed for her. She restructured her business to online selling and says this one decision makes me so happy. So following that email exchange with Kandra, I contacted the talented woman who made such a difference in her life, Onami Tonkin, and I'm wrapped to have her with us now. Onami, welcome. It's so lovely to be here. Thanks, Andrew. <laughs> Look, it's my pleasure. I love speaking to someone that's had such a positive influence on someone else's life. Um, <laughs> what did you tell her in that podcast? What did you say to Kandra that changed her life? Well, I would love to know exactly what episode it was, but um, if she found me specifically because she was looking for an alternative to in-person sales that could be as lucrative, chances are she caught me at some point talking about the system that I started in my own business and that I now teach, which is called the Simple Sales System. And it is basically... Well, I can give you a little bit of backstory if you're open to hearing. <laughs> yeah, sure. Go for it. Back in 2017... Uh, my business, I had been in business for about seven and a half years. Things were chugging along very well. I started in 2010 when it seemed like I'm a family photographer. And at that point, the general message out there was, if you're interested in making real sustainable money as a portrait photographer, you need to be doing in-person sales. So I you know, learned how to do in-person sales and that's what I did for seven and a half years. And that worked really well. But in 2017, my marriage was falling apart and my ex-husband and I separated. And all of a sudden, what had felt like a pretty lucrative business, all of a sudden, I realized that wasn't going to be enough. And it wasn't because my average per client income wasn't good with in-person sales. And I know, you know, I hate throwing numbers out there because I feel like everybody's business is different. Everybody's needs are different and all that sort of stuff. But I had over a $2,000 per client average, which in my area is on the high end of good. So it felt like, oh, I've got this really successful business. But when I sat down and ran the numbers that I needed for you know, paying the full mortgage on my own, I have two boys who are now 15 and 11 who eat as much as everybody tells you they're going to eat. And, you know, trying to save for being able to retire at some point and all those different things. Now that that was all on my plate squarely, I didn't have enough hours in the week to be doing my work the way that I was doing it. So, you know, these in-person sales sessions, it's not just the session. It's so much like ahead of time and afterward and so much extra like one-on-one -on -one time with the client and you can't scale that at all. So if I had had enough time in my calendar to add, you know, 30 more clients a year, it would have been fine, but I didn't. And so I was trying to figure out what I was going to do. And that was how I developed this system, which is basically taking the sales psychology and some of the tenants that make in-person sales so lucrative and so effective and kind of reverse engineering them to make them work in an automated online fashion. So I started doing that in 2017. Um, PickTime, which is my gallery software that I use, they started noticing my sales averages in the online gallery 
And they reached out to me and they were like, um, so <laughs> these seem abnormal. Can we have a talk about what it is that you're doing? And so we started talking, they started talking about the idea of making it even more automated. So they've since built an app that helps other photographers do it. And that really prompted me to start thinking about like, huh, this really would help a lot of people, but it's not the sort of thing that you can just, it requires some explanation because it does, you know, there are several steps to it. So yeah, I started doing more education. I've been running a photography conference for five years anyway. So I had already been doing some educating and I just kind of stepped up my game in that realm. And that was a long answer to a short question. <laughs> so at that time, were you looking to free up time to have more time to do things, you know, with your kids and look after the house and all the rest of it? Or was it to create more time to do more shoots? Like what was the mindset of dropping the IPS? So to be perfectly honest at that point, you know, we've all had different life experiences, but I'm sure all of us have been in a situation where even if we do a lot of work to manage our money mindset and all that sort of stuff, we do get backed into corners where we get into that scarcity mentality, right? And I feel like for me, that situation was that, like, I just felt like I was backed into a bit of a corner. I didn't really want to quit this business that I had spent seven plus years building and go back to what I was doing beforehand. But so many people were asking me like, so I guess you're just going to go back to your old job. And, and there were days when I felt like that was going to be the case. So when I first developed it, it really wasn't to free up my time. It was literally just so that I could take on more work so that I could make ends meet and stay in business. The very surprising and delightful outcome was that it freed up so much more time than I even anticipated that it was going to, that all of a sudden I had time in my business to start exploring other things, which was, you know, it was kind of like when pick time approached me, if I had been spinning my wheels the way that I had been, I never would have been able to work with them. That was a pretty time intensive project, you know, that we worked on together. But because I had now a lot of free time in my business, I was able to say yes to that. I was able to start thinking about like, oh, maybe I could make a course. And now, you know, I do, I get to spend a lot more time with my kids, which has been a really amazing turn of events as they have, you know, they're at an age now where they're doing lots of, they have sports and recitals and all that sort of stuff. So they keep me busy. Nice. Nice. That's so good. And regarding numbers, the numbers that you shared, $2,000 average, that is fantastic in anyone's eyes. And we love numbers here. So, so don't hold back sure. if you want to share numbers. Um, one of the things I know the listener is already thinking, okay, Here's Anami. She's got a photography business, but she's also educating photographers. She's running conferences. You know, they sometimes think, and I know after speaking to my members, think, you know, is this just another guest who is more about educating a photographer rather than working the business? Now, you still have a photography business, don't you? I do. And I have never slowed down my photography business in all this time. I haven't increased the size of my photography business. I am still working with about 80 clients a year, but I still take new clients all the time. I have a portrait membership that I run. You know, I still have my busy fall season and all that sort of stuff. It really has been just a matter of 
the fact that I've scaled to the extent that I can scale in a business that still requires a fair amount of one-on-one. I have an editor, so I don't edit my own photos, but I do call them and I have a bookkeeper slash accountant. But other than that, my portrait business is all me. And it's just, you know, between simple sales and my CRM, which I do call my very low paid assistant. (laughs) Um, That is how I'm able to manage the business. Because when you think about a photography business, especially for those of us who are just solo, you know, shops where we don't have like a team of photographers, it's a pretty simple business model. I think a lot of us tend to overcomplicate that or make it make it harder than it needs to be, especially in this day and age with the technology that's available to us. Yeah, so true. So with 80 clients a year on average that you have, have you been able to maintain that $2,000 average? Yeah. So the average portrait client that I have is lower than it was at that point because I am not doing the full in-person sales song and dance, but that was a deliberate choice on my part because A lot of those products that I was selling required a lot of time-intensive selling, like gallery design and album design and things like that. One of the big tenets of simple sales is that people do end up with physical products, but I do a lot of products that my clients can design. Like they design their own albums if they want to. They can also pay me to do an album pre-design for them, but it is a separate charge. I have really taken that idea of... I want them to end up with products in their business, but I want them to do as much of it as they want to do. And they seem to like that because they feel like they're maybe saving a little bit of money or they have a little bit more of a hand in it. And then for those clients who want me to do it, I still do the whole thing. And then my sales average is up above the $2,000 mark. But my current sales average with my regular clients is right around the $1,750 mark. Wow. Okay. So still, still great numbers for a lot less work. Oh, the difference. And I did finally sit down and really crunch the numbers on the time. And right now, including the session and driving to and from the session, I spend about three hours from the beginning to the end of the actual work that I do with my clients. Whereas before when I was doing in-person sales, it was upwards of, you know, it was always greater than 10 hours, but sometimes over 15 hours per client. Wow. Okay. Well, that's fantastic. So the business is still doing like close to 150,000 US a year, just the photography side of things. And you've got time to pursue other things as well. That's awesome. (laughs) Well, thanks. It really, (laughs) you know, the name of the podcast is this can't be that hard. And I came up with that because there were so many days in my business where I would sit there and think, you know, I'm an intelligent person. I can figure all these things out. Why does this feel so difficult? You know, why is it that this very pretty straightforward exchange of like dollars for a service and a couple of products, why does this give me such like anxiety and headaches and all this other stuff? This can't be that hard. And so at this point with, you know, 10 plus years under my belt and finally feeling like I've gotten to that place that I always wanted to get where it's like, it's not that hard. I'm just doing a thing that people are really enjoying and happy to pay me for. And I'm making a decent living from it. You know, I can do that and I can show other people how it's doable as well. I think, like I said before, we really do tend to get in our own heads about it. Yeah, that's so good. And did you say, Anna that you have some clients that still want the IPS, the full service option, or that's not even on the cards anymore? 
No, I don't offer that anymore, especially after COVID hit. I mean, that has become just like a non-issue, but I do have clients who want me to do more of the design work for them. Uh, A lot of my clients are, you know, dual income families. They're professionals. Everybody's busy. Obviously they have kids. And so, you know, they're not all interested in designing an album or putting together like what frame is going to look right with, you know, on which wall and that sort of thing. And for those clients, I always do make it clear to them that I'm more than happy to do design consultations and stuff like that for them. And if they're longstanding clients, oftentimes I'll offer that as a free service. And if it's a new client, that'll be just an additional charge that I build into it. And there's no pressure on it. And that's the part that I really like, because even though I was pretty good at in-person sales. You know, I learned how to do it. I never loved the whole, like, I have to sit there and stare at you while you decide how much money to spend. Like, I felt like it was a little awkward for me. And I think some clients didn't mind it at all. And then other ones, uh, you know, other clients did feel a little bit like there was a little bit of pressure there. And so now it's very much like, here, this is a service. If you'd like to sign up for that, when I send you your proposal, you can just check that box and, and we'll go from there. Easy. <laughs> That's the goal. You mentioned, and we sort of went straight over it, you said something about a portrait membership. So is that something, was that how all your clients are coming to you now through a membership? No, actually the membership is by invitation only. And the way that that went down, I apparently I have like a sad story to go with everything. <laughs> But I'm not like a sad person and I don't like to dwell on the sad things. I just necessity is the mother of invention, right? So in 2018, I had gotten simple sales up and running. It was working. Everything was going well, but I had to have an ankle surgery that was supposed to be pretty minor. And it turned out that I couldn't walk for four months. So I couldn't work for four months. Fortunately, it was in the winter. So it was kind of, you know, the slow season anyway. But during that time, it really hit home for me. And I had always known intellectually that, you know, we have to be able to move around. And if I break my wrist, it's a big deal and that sort of thing. But this really was like, okay, I need to figure out a way to stabilize my income. So, you know, everything is a membership these days, right? You subscribe to Netflix. I pay a membership to have the filters for my air conditioning system replaced every few months by mail. And That got my wheels turning. And I was like, why can't I make this more of a thing? Family clients are always coming to me saying, oh, I meant to call you three years ago, but I just got busy. And, you know, here we are. And so in 2019, I turned around and I created a membership option for my existing family clients. And that it was really important to me that they were people that I had already worked with. I knew we were a good fit because I didn't want to get into like a long-term commitment (laughs) with a client that might not be the right client. So that is why it's only by invitation. But I sent out a series of emails and invited most of my long-term clients, which at that point was plenty, into a portrait membership where they would sign up to have portraits done of their family every year. It charges their credit card on a monthly basis. So it's not one big charge all at once. And unlike with simple sales, There isn't this complicated, it is more of an all-inclusive type model, although I also include some print credit so that they are able to get that physical product at the end of each year. And there are different tiers to the membership and all that. But basically now, all of my long-term clients more or less are in this membership. 
So I know at the beginning of the year, this is how many clients are sort of going to for sure be scheduling with me. And I know how much money each month will definitely be coming in. And then everyone who comes to me as a new client, I invite them in through my standard simple sales system. And then at the end of that session cycle, you know, when they're all done and their gallery is closing and all that, if it's been a good fit, then I invite them into the membership as well. So that has turned out to be an amazing thing in my business because obviously when COVID hit and at least for a couple of months, nobody knew when things were going to open back up and when we were going to be able to photograph again. And, and I had a lot of clients who were really nervous about seeing me in person. So there was a fair amount of shuffling that happened at that point. People who were in the membership who were scheduled for spring and summer sessions and they pushed, but they all stayed in the membership and they were in some ways kind of locked into that membership. It was an agreement. So it ended up that my finances were very stable through that period of time, which has been kind of an amazing thing. So I definitely recommend that model. I think that it can work really well. And it turns out to be a really great benefit for clients who are busy and just want to kind of set it and forget it with portraits for their families. I love it. Okay. I want to explore this a little bit more, but before we leave Simple Sales behind, I get the feeling that you talk a lot about Simple Sales. Is it on your podcast or on your website? Where can the listener learn more about Simple Sales? Yeah, I talk about it sometimes on the podcast. I don't want to sound like a broken record. And for the people who (laughs) know about simple sales, I like to bring other topics and people on the show. But yeah, I have just an on-demand webinar that you can watch that is a masterclass that goes through the whole process, sort of soup to nuts. Um, It's a six-step process. The, The Masterclass is about an hour and 10 minutes long. And you can just go to thiscan'tbethathard.com slash simple and get access anytime. Okay. So then the listener would watch that, get an idea, like the, I guess the 30,000 foot view, and then you can purchase a course. Is that right? Right. It really is a pretty granular view. Like I do like to teach the whole system such that you can just take that knowledge and go implement it in your business. And I have a lot of people who do that. I do offer a course. The course is basically like all the stuff laid out. I have lots of formulas for how to build your collections and all that sort of thing, but it's not a necessary thing. I really, I would love to see as many people out there using that, whether or not they can afford the course as possible. Love it. Love it. All right. Fantastic. Thank you for sharing that. Let me ask you more about this portrait membership because this sounds intriguing to me. My first question is how many families are actually in the program or how many is a good number for this to work? So I say that when you first launch it, you can, I mean, you can set your sites wherever you want, but even if you just got three or four or five members into your business who are paying you, you know, depending on what you need to make and all that sort of thing, let's say $60 a month or $80 a month or $130 a month, whatever your numbers are, that ends up becoming the basis for this little bit of a salary. So, you know, I like to look at it like, okay, my car payment is covered or my mortgage is covered. And you can kind of enjoy it in that, you know, seeing those milestones come. And then you can really bring people in on a one-by-one basis as their session cycle ends. So it doesn't have to be like a big show of like, hey, I'm launching this thing and you have to, you have to join now. I do think it's important to give people some deadline because of course, if you just say, join my membership anytime, 
they are going to wait until they're ready to hire you the next time and then they'll join the membership. And obviously we want to bring them in so that they're kind of on the roll. So when I first launched it, I got about 30 families into the membership right off the bat. And now I have, I think it's 43 families that participate and it changes, you know, month to month, every so often somebody drops out and every so often I bring somebody new in. But the way that I've calculated it, I think that in a perfect world, you would max out at about 60 to 70% of your, if you were all family clients, you would have about 60 to 70% of your business would be in the membership. And then the other 30 to 40% would be new clients because you do want to, you will have people who will move away or their kids will get to, you know, an age and stage where they're like, we don't need annual photos anymore. And so you want to always have enough new business in your business that you have a, a source to replace those. Got it. Got it. Okay. So, I mean, this <laughs> the numbers already sound amazing. So I mean, if I use you as an example, let's say you have 40 families. I know you said 43. You have 40 families and say paying $100 a month. Well, that's $4,000 a month of guaranteed income every month of the year. That's that's amazing. Right. So, and that the more or less is my, you know, it's a little bit more than that. And now that does reduce the number of new clients that I am interested in taking on, but it makes it really great. One of the things that I love about the membership, and I think my clients love this too, one of the sort of selling points is I say, you get first access to my calendar. So my busy seasons are spring and fall, which on this side of the world, of course, are, you know, the early months of the year and the late months of the year. But I open my calendar for the spring and summer season to my members only in January. And I do a self-scheduling calendar. So I sit down in January and I look at my calendar all the way through August. And I, you know, block off time. I want to be out of town. And I open up sessions at on dates and times that work for me. And I give them lots of variety because I'm, you know, I can be flexible at that point. And I give them a one-week period during which they can schedule their session. Now, they only get one session per calendar year. So they would only sign up during one of those two calendar open periods. But it makes it so that I'm not doing all this like emailing back and forth with individuals and trying to find availability on the calendar. My schedule is set from January all the way through August. And then I open it again in August and it's set from August to January. And then anyone else who contacts me during that time as a new client, you know, I can say, great, I can fit you in here, 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 but my members are already taken care of. So it's a benefit to them and it's a benefit to me. Got it. I love that. So you would look ahead, say to, you know, September 30th, Saturday afternoon, you're going to block out one or two hours or three hours and they'll pop up on the calendar. And are you using something like Acuity Scheduling, are you, to do that? Yeah. So I do use Acuity on my website if people want to sign up for a phone call with me, which is how I, you know, if somebody wants to hire me, that's what they have to do. They have to talk to me on the phone. But the, uh, for that, I use Calendly, which. Right. Similar. (laughs) I guess everybody knows that. It's so hard to say. I find that a very difficult. I know. But I use the free version of it because I only need it twice a year for just that little bit of time. Once the calendar is closed again, if my members need to change their session or something, that's totally fine. And I let them know that they just have to contact me directly because I don't want to leave my calendar just perpetually kind of open and available to them to go in and change things. I want to have a little more control over that. Got it. Okay. That makes sense. I was curious as to why you'd be using two different calendar programs. That makes total sense. 
Yeah. So what's the selling point? Like when you go to email your past clients and you've got lots of them over the last, did you say 17 years? No, 13 years, 14 years. That I've been in business? Yeah. Uh, 11 years, yeah. 11, okay. So you've been in business for 11 years. So you've got a lot of past clients. You email them when you first bring this idea, and I guess in subsequent years as well. What's the selling point? What's the benefit for them? So a few different benefits. Number one, I have made it so that it's less expensive for them, especially when it comes to digital files. So digital files are such a, they're like an ace in our hand because everybody wants them. And they don't cost us anything, even though we have to deal with them carefully, given that if we just hand them over, then nobody's ever going to buy anything else from us. So when somebody comes through simple sales, they are paying, and I I didn't really get into the specifics of that, but just to give you like a tiny little Mm -hmm. insight into what is involved, they pay a session fee that just covers the session itself and like, you know, the prep work and the editing and all that. And then which is similar usually to the way that a uh, an in-person sales structure works. So then after the session, once they've had a chance to see their photos, then they choose from one of three collections. And the collections all include a certain number of digital files and a certain amount of print credit, which is like a, you know, a gift certificate basically that they are purchasing for themselves that they can use to shop in the online store. So it's very flexible. But that, you know, digital files are a big selling point. And what I do, and one of the reasons that that becomes, you can only get all the digital files if you purchase the top collection in my simple sales system. But if you join my membership, all the membership tiers include all the digital files, and they're all priced much more appealingly than even the, I shouldn't say much more appealingly, but they're slightly less expensive than if you hire me and purchase the lowest collection. So it's a significant savings for the client on my end, you know, and I'm always looking for the win-win, right? If it's good for them and it's good for me, then why would anybody not say yes? Like I want to give them that easy yes. What is good for me is that A, I know that they're coming to me and B, even though they're not, you know, obviously locked into being a member beyond the one year, they usually do. They usually stay on. Like it's an easy thing to say, oh, great. That charge has been on my credit card bill every month. Why would I stop that? I get these beautiful photos and I don't have to think about it. Right. Okay. I totally understand and get that. And I understand that, that how the benefits work both ways. But is that is that how you're selling it to the client as a saving or is there other benefit? Is there something else? That, is there something more emotional that you're sort of tugging at to get them across the line and sign up? Premium members of PhotoBiz Exposed hear more of the best photography business strategies from every guest. Where can we learn more about the portrait membership? Yeah, so that's a course that I, I, whereas with Simple Sales, it's pretty complicated and I have this whole like, you know, masterclass that I teach with Revenue on Repeat is the name of my course for the membership. I have just a very basic page that you can go to and learn more about it. And if you're interested in learning, you can purchase the course. You've gotten a lot of information here today. So again, I'm all about empowering people with information. If they like the way that I teach, they're more than welcome to you know come and learn more. But they can learn about that on my, uh, just if you go to This Can't Be That Hard and you scroll down to the bottom, it has a little revenue on repeat link and you can click on that. Fantastic. I'll add links to all those in the show notes. Thank you. And make sure the listener knows about them. Let me finish by asking you one last question. 
if you, uh, let's say, I was going to say had the opportunity. Let's say that. Yeah, let's say you had the opportunity to move to Sydney, Australia. The boys are coming with you. I love Sydney. <laughs> the boys are coming with you, but you have to start a new business. What would you do to get going quickly? Oh, that's a great question. Well, first, I would spend all my time in Bondi Beach. Um, <laughs> and then, uh, oh, gosh. So this is a little bit of a leading question because one thing that I haven't got from you yet that I really want to know Oh, sure. Is, um, is how you're getting new clients? Because I know you've got these recurring clients, but how are the new clients finding you? Yeah, well, that would be a bummer moving because I will say that a lot of my business at this point, I have been in the same location all 11 years. So my SEO is really on point and my sort of network in this community is really good. So, you know, those are things, unfortunately, that you can't just like, wave a wand and make magically appear. But I'm a big believer that there is no silver marketing bullet. You can get clients quickly, but when it comes to connecting with the right people and all that sort of stuff, your best bet really is to get out in your community, be meeting people, be volunteering at things that are important to you. Or, you know, if your kids are in school, like get involved with the school PTA or whatever, you know, the parent association, things like that. Um, if you're working with kids, if you're a wedding photographer, you need to be like moving in those circles. I think that we tend to hide behind our computers a lot. So that is really important. And then getting your business set up really correctly from the get-go in terms of like optimizing your site for SEO, asking for the sale, getting an email list together has absolutely been one of the most important pieces of my business because it allows me to stay in contact with my clients, whether or not they're checking in on Instagram or Facebook or those kinds of things. So yeah, I mean, it's a boring answer. I have all these cool systems for everything else. And for this, it's like, you just have to put in the work. I kind of like it. So if you move to Bondi, you're just going to be out there drinking coffees and rubbing shoulders with people in the community and, and talking yourself up. Absolutely. And you cannot be afraid to tell people what you do and how much you love it and inviting them to hire you. So would you say, Anna if you met someone in Bondi, you've set up your business here, you've moved here to, to make a life here, would you just say you're a family photographer or would you sell it in a different way? Yeah. I mean, I, at this point, and I used to photograph more stuff. Now I'm just families and, um, and very happy with that. And I think that it's such an incredible market. You get so much return business. You have people who just value what you do so greatly. So yeah, I'm a very proud family photographer. Right. Yeah. I guess that was an unfair question. I thought you might say something like I'm a natural light documentary family photographer who captures real, like, do you have like a, an elevator pitch that you would throw out there or is family photographer enough? I see. Yeah. Yes, I do. Um, I guess <laughs> I have all that sort of written out on my website. I think I would feel really silly saying that to somebody. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Cool. So yeah. Okay. That's interesting here. Cause I would feel really silly saying that too. I would stick with, I'm a family photographer. <laughs> yeah. I figure if somebody, if I say I'm a family photographer and somebody wants to hear more about it, they'll ask. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you got to read the room a little bit. If I were on an elevator with someone and they said, what do you do? And I said, I'm a natural light documentary. <laughs> if I was the other person on the elevator, I'd be like, oh, here's my stuff. Um, but, you know, on my website, obviously, I go into a lot more of that sort of thing so that people can understand that value add. And when, you know, I did mention in passing that I don't just... Like if somebody emails me and says, I want to hire you, 
I redirect them to sign up for a phone call. Because I do think that when we just send somebody a price sheet or an email, even if it's like really beautifully done and it has all these beautiful pictures on it and stuff like that, it's very difficult for someone to... I think you're expecting a lot to have someone parse through what makes your work different and why they should invest more with you and things like that. So I think that, I think that human connection is really important. And even though I am all about automations and streamlining and all that sort of stuff, every single time somebody wants to hire me, I want to have an actual conversation with them. I think it's important. Yeah, me too. I love it. What a great spot to finish. Anna, it's been such a pleasure to chat to you. I'm so glad that Kandra talked about you, told me all about you. I can't wait to check out your podcast. I've seen some of your Facebook live videos and looking forward to staying in contact in the future. So look, massive thanks for coming on and sharing everything you have. Massive thanks to you. This has been an absolute pleasure. And maybe one of these days I'll get the king of photography podcast himself on mine. That would be my pleasure. <laughs> I'm coming on just for the way you asked. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, good. Well, I hope you have a wonderful day. Thanks, Anna May. I hope you enjoyed that interview with Anna May as much as I did. Anna May, if you're listening, again, thank you so much for coming on, sharing everything you did. For you, the listener, I do hope you got a ton from what she had to share in today's episode. Now, if you would like more information from Anime, I've got links to anything and everything that she mentioned in the show notes for today's episode, and they are at photobizx.com forward slash 424. They include links to the Simple Sales Blueprint, the Revenue on Repeat Portrait Membership Course, and everything else. It's all there in that one spot. And I'll be adding Anime into the members' Facebook group so you'll have easy access to her there as well if you do have any follow-up questions. Now, in those show notes, I've also got examples of her beautiful work, links to her social media profiles. It's, again, all there in that one spot. Okay, that is just about going to wrap up today's episode of the podcast. Don't forget, if you are focusing on your SEO, one of the biggest things you can do is build backlinks or get backlinks pointing to your website. And if you can do that with a keyword phrase, utilizing the keywords that you're trying to rank for, that makes them even more powerful. One of the easiest ways to get those backlinks is to leave a honest rating and review for the Photo Biz X or the Photography Experiment podcast. You can do that over at Apple iTunes. If you do leave a review, let me know that you've done that. Send me an email. I'll keep an eye out for it. And then let me know a keyword phrase that you're looking to rank for, the URL you'd like me to link to, and I'll add a link from the show notes over at photobizx.com to your website using the keyword phrase that you're looking to rank for. It's my little way to say thanks for taking the time to leave a review by helping you with your SEO by adding a backlink pointing to your site. Alrighty, again, hope you got a ton from today's episode. Look forward to speaking to you soon. Stay safe, healthy, and well. I'll be back next week with another interview. Bye for now. If you have enjoyed this episode, head to photobizx.com. Join the conversation, leave a comment, and share your thoughts on the interview with Andrew and today's special guest. 